Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church, located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... This is Pastor Chet Haney with the Highland Terrace Baptist Church in Greenville, Texas. And we're so excited in our church to be almost ready to go into a new building. It's going to happen here in just a short time. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it, Darlene? Yes, it has. Been through a tornado, been through COVID, been through a relocation and back. Yes. And uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of other wrinkles along the way and it's been a, a real season of having to really depend on the Lord. But like you said, sometimes the, the painful times are also the powerful times, yes, aren't they? Yes, they are. If yeah. it never rained, the flowers would never grow. Isn't that the truth? That's how we grow through suffering. Amen, amen. Well, Darlene Montgomery is with us today, and uh, we're going to talk about her son, Danny Ray. Danny was born September the 4th of 1967. And uh, do you still um, think about Danny on his birthday? Absolutely. I bet. I bet you do. Well, tell us about this precious little baby <laughs> when he was born and came bouncing into this world. This precious little baby was just the precious little baby. He slept all night when he was three weeks old. Wow. He really never cried a whole lot. He you were slept. spoiled. I was very spoiled. He had um, a beautiful little personality from the time he he could talk, he could smile, and he had a beautiful smile and a wonderful countenance about him. Yeah. He had many, many, many friends. Yeah. And um, he was baptized in March of uh, 1979. Mm-hmm. And um, he he began to grow in the Lord. Wow. And he loved, he loved Jesus. He loved his friends. Uh-huh. Everybody who knew him loved him. I dare say he did not have an enemy in the world. So he just loved everybody. He loved everybody. Yeah. Everybody was, there were no strangers in his heart. Everybody was his friend. Yeah. That's a special and rare person. Very. And uh, you said uh, he kind of turned a little Pentecostal on you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. After yeah. he was married, uh-huh. um, he and his little wife began to go to um, a non-denominational, all um, all ethnic groups in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. And so. Um, and you were very properly Baptist. I was very properly Baptist. I had uh-huh. been raised the hard shell Baptist. Yeah. We didn't clap. We uh-huh. did not do anything except sit right. there and sing and stand up straight. And right. <laughs> we were very proper. Very straight. Very straight. <laughs> so when I go with yeah. Danny Ray mm-hmm. and his wife Amy, um. They had like a song service for like 45 minutes before uh-huh. the pastor ever came up to preach. So yeah. you had worshiped yeah. before the the pastor. You were ready for what the pastor had to say. Mm-hmm. And the first day we were there, we're singing, and I look up and I see Danny Ray. He has his hands lifted high in the air. Oh, yeah. my goodness. He was raised in my Baptist church where I was baptized. Uh-huh. And I nobody in my church ever did that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I had an opinion about that. Mm-hmm. But after going with him, he and Amy a few times, 
and my husband and I loved the church and mm-hmm. just the way they ministered and friendly and nice and loving everybody was. And so I thought, well, I can kind of raise my hand a little bit. So I'm yeah. holding on to the back of the pew <laughs> in yeah. front of me and I kind of lifted it up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe the first day. Mm-hmm. And maybe I got both of my hands a little bit in the air, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't quite ready. But then one Sunday, we're singing. I look at my son. He has his hands lifted high into the air, beautiful smile on his face, tears running down his face, Mm -hmm. worshiping Jesus. Just all out. All out. Yeah. And I thought, Lord Jesus, this is what you want. You Mm -hmm. want us to praise you. Yeah. You saw it was real. It was real. Yeah. And I... Threw my hands into the air, mm-hmm. and I have never stopped doing that. Praise God! Praise the Lord! Yeah, for His mercy and His goodness. You know where the Spirit of the Lord is. There's liberty. And for a long time, Baptists were really slow to embrace um, that kind of freedom. Yes, in worship, and I am so thankful now that people have begun to see. Um, we, we've actually learned a lot from our Pentecostal brothers. Yes. About, uh, freedom in worship and about just, uh, seeking, um, the Lord. And, and to, to be honest with you, our Pentecostal brothers will say that they've learned a lot from Baptists, you know, about evangelism and discipleship. And it's, it's been neat. One of the things I have loved in my generation among all the things that have been heartbreaking is the way that Baptists and Pentecostals have really dropped the hatchet uh, that that we once had toward each other. And we've really come together in spirit. Mm-hmm. And we're almost on the same page. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, I just love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Darlene Danny got sick. Um, he was an aircraft mechanic. Carpenter, landscaper, hardworking, very hardworking, hardworking man, and so he probably wasn't the sickly type. Not oh no, at all. He had never been sick. Okay, but one day he had a hernia, mm-hmm. and um, what what happened from there? He let that go on for a long time because, of course, being self-employed, he did not have any insurance. Had no insurance, and so. Finally, it began to bother him a whole lot, and he just was losing weight, and he just got sicker and sicker. Mm-hmm. And so he went in to have that removed. Mm-hmm. And in the process of that, they determined that he had uh, what they thought was pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And the first day when they did the sonogram, mm-hmm. um, they told him that it was cancer and that he probably had five to six months to live. Wow. So first diagnosis, bam. Bam, stage four. They uh, they hit you right between the eyes with a wet mop. Yes. And uh, that was brutal. Very brutal. To hear for everybody that loved Danny, most of all his mama. Without a doubt. Yeah. Because he had been that loving child who mm-hmm. was very easy to love. Very much like me. He hugged everybody. He yeah. loved everybody. Yeah. He had a smile and a nice word for everybody. Right. So um, he fought five or six months. Five months. He was Taking in, chemo. Yes. 
awful chemo. Trying to hang on. He had three little kids, a five-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 10-year-old. Trying to hang on for his kids. I'm like, Danny Ray, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep taking this awful medicine? He said, Mother, I want to be here as long as I can for my kids. And he fought hard. And he was 97 pounds Mm -hmm. when he passed away. And but his testimony through the whole thing to everybody from the very day that I went to the hospital and he told me five to six months, he said, Mother, if we don't have faith, we have fear. And I'm not afraid because God is in control. And if he chooses to heal me on this side of heaven, I'll be a walk and talk and testimony for his miracle healing power. But if he takes me home, it's a win-win either way. Now, I'll stop right there and challenge our listeners to okay. make sure you caught that. Okay. If we don't have faith, we have fear. I and am not afraid. God, is in, God is in control. Wow. That was a powerful word. Very powerful. Very powerful. How did that affect you in that moment, and how does it affect you now? It, it let me know right away. Mm-hmm. That he was just exactly as I thought he was. He was right with the Lord. Yeah. He loved Jesus mm-hmm. with his whole heart. Mm-hmm. And he talked about him to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I had people come see me after his service and say, Oh my goodness. Just his testimony made me want to be a better man or a better yeah. father or a better whatever. Yeah. He just was a wonderful human. Yeah. And so it gave me great peace to know mm-hmm. where where he was. So when he breathed his last, yeah. absent from the body at home with the Lord. Praise him. Amen. Yes. Well, Darlene, thank you so much for, for sharing that story. And I just pray that your son, Danny Ray, um, will live on today by virtue of your testimony. Yes. Because you took the time to come here to our studio today and, and humble yourself to share this uh, painful but powerful experience that's on your heart. Um, we're just going to pray that God will take that and use it yes. uh, going forward. I pray he will. You know, everybody has some stuff going on oh, in their lives. Yes. In this life, you're going to go through some hardship. You're either going through it now or it's coming. Right. You know, and um, thank God that we don't have the spirit of fear. He's in control, and we don't have to be afraid. No, we don't. No. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, if if you had the opportunity to speak right into the heart of somebody um, who, who knows, might be listening right now, and they're going through a heartbreaking, difficult situation, What do you think you might say to them in light of what you've learned from Danny Ray and how his life has affected you? It was so devastating. Yeah, brutal. But what we learn Uh through our heartache and through our grief and through our struggle is that we have no control over Mm -hmm. anything. God knows the day we were knit in our mother's womb. Yes. God knows the day we're going to stop breathing. None of us know what tomorrow brings, but we know who holds tomorrow, and we need to be ready 
that when the trumpet calls or whenever Jesus calls us home, we are ready to go and we will be absent from the body at home with the Lord. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Nobody knows what tomorrow brings. There was an old Bill Gaither song about we have this moment to hold in our hands, to touch as it slips through our fingers like sand. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may never come. But we have this moment today. And that is the reason. I choose joy every day. We have a choice every day what we're going to do. And I will choose joy any day of the week. Amen. All right, listener, you've heard it. Straight from the mouth of Darlene Montgomery. And I just pray it'll be a blessing to you. Thank you so much, Darlene. Thank you so much, Pastor Chet. And thank you, listeners, for being a part of our His Mighty Hand radio broadcast today. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chet. To love the Lord cannot be done legalistically. It can't be done by uh, submission to a governing authority to love the Lord is something you have to do freely by choice. Because if it's not by choice, it's not love. So God has commanded us that we should serve him willingly. He has ordained that we should love him freely by choice. It's his law but we have to choose to do it. So Nebuchadnezzar was really on the wrong foot in the first place, trying to make people worship. You cannot make someone worship. I heard one of our Baptist teachers say one day that there's really no such thing as a Christian nation, only Christian people. Because a Christian nation can only be formed of people whose hearts have been dedicated to the Lord by choice, one heart at a time, one person at a time. Now, we've learned a little bit about the Chaldeans who came to see Nebuchadnezzar. I want you to pay attention to what caused the escalation of the conflict. And it's right there in verse 13. What was Nebuchadnezzar's reaction Look at it if you can. Find it in verse 13. What was Nebuchadnezzar's emotion? What was his reaction? What did he do when he heard this report about uh, these three men? He flew into a furious rage. You could say he got a rash. But the rash wasn't seen on his skin. It was seen in his actions. And I want to just comment, if I may, on rage and rash. Because if you get in a rage, you might do something rash. And a furious rage leaves you in no condition to make any kind of an important decision. It's not a good time to speak. It's not a good time to take action. It's not a good time to make an important decision. Uh, at best, when you're angry, you're not at your best. And so I just want to make a couple of suggestions, if I may, that I pray will be helpful to you. If you find yourself with a rash that comes from rage 
you're mad, you're angry, let me encourage you to do the following three things. Number one, pipe down. Did you know pipe down is a term that comes from the Navy? Because they often speak through pipes on ships, as our sailors here in this room can testify. And when they say pipe down, that means stop talking. Uh, stop talking. That's a pretty good rule for anybody who's really, really mad. And here's the reason why. You'll never regret in a rage something you decided not to say. But you might regret something you did say. If you say it during a state of emotional um, rage when you're just out of control. Fruit of the Spirit is self-control, so pipe down. Number two, calm down. Now, pipe down is something you can do immediately. It doesn't take any time at all to close your mouth. But to calm down might take a little while, might take a little longer. Take a breath. Uh, Go outside. Walk the dog. Read the paper. Do something in a short time you'll find that you've probably calmed down quite a bit. And then number three, settle down. Now, this takes longer because to settle speaks of habit. It speaks of measured actions that are result of conviction rather than uh, reaction. And when you settle down into the better habits of a better life, you settle into those habits, you are in a much better place to make important decisions. Many griefs are caused by an angry lack of self-control. So here's the king in fury and in rage, and he commands Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in front of the Chaldeans, who once again, I wonder if he is trying to make sure under their watching eyes that he doesn't lose face. And so he makes this rash command. He says, you're going to be thrown into the fire. And I want you to notice in their answer the priority of obeying God rather than man. The priority of pleasing God rather than pleasing man. We looked at this actually just a few weeks ago. I believe it was on a Sunday night. The uh, verse in Proverbs that says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoso put his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Proverbs 29, 25. Now listen. In their answer, what did the three young men say to the king? They said to the king, it's really not necessary for us to answer you in this. We don't really have to speak to this, O king. We don't really have to respond. We have no need to answer you in this. Verse 16b. Now, this is an exception to the rule when it comes to how we are to treat, respect, and deal with our governing authorities. What is the rule? 
Well, what the Bible teaches as the rule is that when it comes to governing authorities, they've been placed over us by God. And they deserve our subservience and our respect and our obedience and most of all, our what, church? What are we to do for our governing authorities? We're to pray for them. We pray for them because they've been placed there by God. That is the rule. Uh, Regular prayer for our ruling authorities, respectful obedience for their roles, for their laws, for their decrees. That is the God-given rule. And there comes a time for an exception to the rule called defiance. Now, when would God expect you to stand in defiance before the ruling authority that God has placed over you? Here's the answer. Uh, we, we can learn about in Acts chapter 5. In Acts 5, the disciples were hauled before the ruling authorities who commanded them no longer to speak in the name of Jesus. And they said in verse 29, Acts chapter 5, we ought to obey God rather than men. They found it necessary in that moment to step into defiance and to stand strong and courageous. Um, God has exalted Jesus, they said in Acts 5. We are his witnesses And the response of the Jews was just as furious as the response of Nebuchadnezzar. They flew into a rage and plotted to kill the disciples until one of them spoke up in defense of Paul. You know what his name was? Gamaliel. And Gamaliel said, look... If these guys are not of God, they're going to fizzle out anyway. And if they are of God, you better not try to stop them. It was good advice from Gamaliel, wasn't it? And um, here's the application for us. Live by the rule. Pray for your leaders. Live peaceably as you can. And when the time comes for defiance, ask God for the wisdom to know it and for the courage to stand. You'll recognize defiance and its necessity when your ruling authorities give you a direct command to dishonor God. That's when you have to stand strong. No matter what the cost, throw me in jail. I like jail ministry anyway. I'm ready to go. If they tell me to stand against God and his word, that's when we have to pray for courage and stand strong. But that's the exception. Most of the time, we can be the most model citizens in the whole city. We can be the ones that everyone else should emulate. We can salute the flag and we can say the pledge, we can vote, we can pay our taxes, we can do our civic duty, and we can pray for our leaders. I want you to see one or two other things today 
Number five, if you're keeping a list of these concepts and big ideas, faith can be bigger than the hottest fire. Um, We know God is able, and we believe that he will. But if not, we will not serve your God. We will not bow down to the gold image. The instructions were clear. When you hear the music, worship the gold image. And I want to tell you something about faith and courage to stand in a moment like this. It takes advanced preparation. If you're going to make up your mind to stand strong in the face of a conflict like this, of epic proportion, that takes all the courage you can muster and a whole lot more, you'd better decide now and don't wait until then. Because if you wait until you're on the firing line and standing before the fiery furnace to see whether or not you have the courage, it may be real hard to find. Now is the time to make up your mind that Jesus is Lord. And we're going to stand for him, whatever may come. And we're going to pray that he will deliver us because we know that he's able. And if not, we're going to stay faithful to him anyway. You can decide that this morning. And you can adopt that as your creed right now. And get used to it and repeat it and say it over and over and remind yourself of it. So when the time comes, there'll be no decision to make. You've already made your decision. You can just stand in it. We know that he's able. We pray that he will. And if not, we will honor him. That's the prayer to pray when facing the furnace. And that's a faith that's bigger than fire. I wanted you to notice as we wrap this up, the men of valor. In verse 22, verse 20 and following, I am so impressed and inspired by these Babylonian soldiers, honestly. They're called mighty men of valor. You could have called them firemen. In just the opposite way that we refer to firemen who put out fires, these were the men who tended to the fire and who were commanded by the king to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in the fire. And the Bible says, here's what these courageous men did, men of valor. They obeyed the king. They bound Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in their coats, in their turbans, and their trousers. They bound them up. I guess they did it with ropes. They tied them up. They bound them, and they took them and threw them into the fire. And the effect of the fire was what? It was so hot that these mighty men were killed obeying the orders of the king.
I'm going to tell you, you can say what you want to about their religion. Those were brave men. They were brave men who did what the king told them to do. It's kind of messed up, isn't it? In a way that honor can be seen as that which causes your own death. We saw that last week when we looked at Uriah. Uriah, who would not comfort himself with his wife under those soft sheets of their bed, knowing that his brothers in arms, his buddies, his fellow soldiers, were sleeping on hard ground on the coldest of nights, he went outside. And he slept on hard ground too. Not that they ever knew it. His soldier friends didn't know it, but he knew it. And as far as he was concerned, there's a kinship of honor that goes with having character. Now these men of honor obeyed their king and he had, he didn't need to summon mighty men. He had some standing right before him. Men who were strong in God, men who were courageous. The wrong men were summoned to do the wrong job. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard, right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate His work in our lives through 